the Underplayed Podcast. It's 100% clean, but it might give you earworms. Yeah! <laughs> Welcome. Earworms. Yeah, that's what we do. We're in the business of earworms. We really are. We have them weekly. Oh, geez. It's bad. It is bad. It is. <sighs> and and yet, our goal is to pass them on to our friends. Yes. Right? They're totally contagious, but they're clean. They are. We are hoping to find a way to give you some new earworms. That's right. We have two new earworms for you today from the vault. All right. Well, speaking of creepy crawlies. Yeah, there's a... Creepy crawly missing. Yes. Well, I meant more. Oh, <laughs> you were calling him a creepy We've crawly. been really sick, and we didn't yes. want Keaton to be sick, Correct. so we banished him for a while. Yes. And but then we were, you know, just aware of the fact that we need to release a podcast still, so we're doing it without him, with his blessing. We just weren't allowed to do any of his favorite songs, right? Which is understandable, right? So it's sad because it just means we have to pick up the slack. <laughs> yeah, we got to be interesting by ourselves. Oh, that's so hard. I know. Okay, who do we got today? I think we're starting with Chris, right? We are. All right. That is the voice of Chris Cornell. We've got a little bit about Chris Cornell here for you. If for some reason you haven't heard of Chris Cornell, maybe you're very old or very young. Uh, not necessarily. They could have been living under a rock like me. Because I did not know who Chris Cornell was till I met you. Age or living arrangements may prevent you from knowing who Chris Cornell is. So yeah. here's a little blip about Chris. Chris Cornell was an American musician, singer, and songwriter. He was best known as the lead vocalist for the band Soundgarden and Audio Slave. Cornell was born on July 20th, 1964, in Seattle, Washington, and began his music career in the 1980s. He was known for his powerful vocals and his ability to blend different genres of music, including grunge, rock, and metal. Cornell was also a solo artist and released several albums throughout his career. He was the first American male to record the theme song for a James Bond movie, You Know My Name, for Casino Royale. Sadly, Chris Cornell passed away on May 18th, 2017, at the age of 52. Very, very sad. You know, we're not going to get into his story again and depress you for, what, a third episode in a row? It, it is a third episode in a row, and we're actively trying to counter that with our second song, but it is what it is that so many musical artists have had, you know, just sad and tragic endings. That's true, and it's hard to come up with a really fun positive uplifting song that isn't already overplayed that is a true statement i tried we we worked on it so we're going to talk about a song by chris cornell called when i'm down and it's it's a song yeah it's not a super up song yeah. it's kind all of, right yeah. well you know i have memories of this song i used to live in new york and i worked in new york city and I discovered this album, you know, as soon as it came out. 
which about maybe what year? Uh, I have a new idea. I, I can tell you. Okay, tell me. <laughs> 1999. The, okay. The, this is from the album Euphoria Morning, and I think it was his first solo album. Okay. He was in a couple of groups. Yeah, he was before. in Soundgarden. He was in Audio Slave. Temple of the Dog. Temple of the Dog. Mm-hmm. And when and so when I heard that he had a new album out that was just his solo stuff, you know, of course, I was all over it. And then mm-hmm. even years and years later, like 2007, when I was in New York City... Uh, I remember walking through Penn Station, listening to this very song and thinking, how is he so varied Uh, in his mm -hmm. abilities? Yeah. You know, he's covered Prince, Hunger Strike, you know, famously with his daughter. Look that up. That is so cute. Look up Hunger Strike, Chris Cornell, daughter on YouTube. And that that video video is is so cute. It is precious. Uh, That's Tony Cornell, his daughter. She's released a few things lately, too. Trace, what do you know about Chris Cornell? Uh, yeah, wait. see... Oh, should we just get into the song? Should we do that first? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What say you now? Okay, there's a lot to unpack in just that little bit. I mean, yeah. if you've heard Soundgarden or, you know, any of his other bands, right. you know, this ain't typical Cornell. And I remember being real excited to hear this. It was jazzy. There's yeah. some weird chords in there. Piano. Yeah. He's got an amazing voice. And you wouldn't know it if you just listened to some of his older stuff. It was alternative mm-hmm. music. This is gorgeous. And it shows his full range of his vocal ability. Really pretty. Right. Another thing I noticed about his vocals is, Trace, you're going to have to help me out. What yeah. is it called when he doesn't just go note one, note two, note three, which are the correct notes, but he uh-huh. goes oh, 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 S- up and sliding. down and above it and below it. He does that perfectly and on such pitch. But what is yeah. that called? It slides. I think that's what you're talking about. Extra where... notes added with slides. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He just does that really well and really on pitch. Yeah. Runs. I mean, maybe that's when you, you do a run Runs, is when yeah. you do all the little notes, you know, da, 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 that yeah. kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know that when this was recorded, Autotune was not in 2000. If in it was available, it wasn't very good. Yeah. So this is this, yeah. you could pretty much count on. This is all him. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's carry on. I backed yeah. it up a bit. When I'm down. You say that midnight opens its songs to me, leaving you alone. Then I fly so far away into the light. Yeah, he does that great breath support, yep. like I've been talking in the past couple episodes. Now he's going to dig in a little bit here for the chorus. 
talking about it's just notes that didn't have to be there but they're very embellishing let's see if i got the right spot here yeah that's just that you know stuff. a run that's just well, yeah. he does runs where they're not necessary but they're amazing yeah Extra credit for being creative. Mm-hmm. Background vocals under a solo, a guitar solo. Right, right. His growl is gorgeous. It's just beautiful. And listen to here the way the song comes in and sort of rhythmically wraps around where he is in the vocals. Okay. sort of building tension behind him.
That's amazing. Not, you know, I've not loved... the most upper song. Mm, yeah, right. Not not uplifting, but what a fantastic song. Yeah. I have loved every song we've done on this show, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, but mm-hmm. one thing that came to my mind during that song is it has everything I need in a song. Yeah. There's nothing left out. Maybe some strings would be nice, but I mean, it might, that might wreck the song too. But as far as it's got the vibe, it's got the feel. I love a little jazzy bluesy. It's the, it is. It is. It's definitely piano. the blues. A good mm-hmm. song to me has to have a voice, mm-hmm. you know? For sure. Yeah. Songwriting, lyrics, mm-hmm. meaning, everything mm-hmm. is there in this song. I really, really love it. Yeah. This has been one of my favorite songs forever. I remember when you first introduced me to Chris Cornell and I was like, ugh, when you started telling me about the groups and stuff, I'm like, ugh, I, 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 I've never really loved And that was more alternative grunge. Scene. Right. It was more grungy. Right. When I heard his voice, I went, good grief, you know? Guy was I mean, blessed. Yeah, yeah. It's just fantastic. And he wrote the song completely on his own, as far as I understand. Nice. He has the only credits for writing, so we're talking lyrics, we're talking music, arrangement, all of it. Do you think when he recorded this, or when he wrote this, rather, do you think that when he said, I... Did he mean Chris? Did he mean himself? No way for me to actually know that, but it seems so because Mm -hmm. going into what this song is about, again, it's not an uplifting. He's talking about depression. You know, he's talking about he's down a lot. And Chris Cornell struggled with that. Yes, he did. You know, I read some articles and stuff about his background and just the stuff that we've seen in documentaries and so forth. He struggled with that. One of the The articles I read even said that he realized that, you know, as a child, he was very active, got in trouble a lot, kind of drove his mom crazy. But when he was 11, he said he realized like all of a sudden he was depressed a lot and that's Hmm. young. So he definitely kind of had a lifelong struggle with depression. My guess is yes. I read several things about what this song specifically could be talking about. Mm -hmm. Definitely think he's talking to a person in a relationship. Uh, I only love you when I'm down, but remember, I'm always down. Mm -hmm. I only need you when I'm gone. I thought it said, I'm only near you. Near you, not need you. You were right. I'm only near you when I'm gone. Could that be just like, maybe, I mean, I agree with what your Mm -hmm. analysis of the song is so far, but could he also be saying, you know how like, when you're away from the person you love, Mm -hmm. that's when you realize how much you love them. Right. You know? Right. And when you're near them, you don't tend to think about that as often. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. There was a lot of different interpretations. There were some really insightful things. But one person said to keep in mind that this was released after like a separation from his wife, maybe. Oh, I don't know. But the song definitely, I think, is about a relationship. Is You know, relationships can be a struggle. Oh, yeah. You know, I think his point is it may seem like I only have these you know, emotional feeling or these emotional outbursts when things are bad. But for me, life is a struggle all the time. Mm-hmm. And there are people that feel that way. I'm always down. There are people that really struggle with that legitimately. And therefore, I think this song really resonates with people. 
Right. I think it's a universal theme. People struggle with depression. And that is very unfortunate mm -hmm. and very serious, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. It's a deep song. It's a deep yeah. song. It's not light. We, and it's we not, warned it you at the help. beginning. Yeah. It doesn't help how Chris died. Right. Yeah, that's sad. This is yeah. this sad. It's very sad. Yeah. Uh, we feel the same way. Tim and I have talked about this. It is so sad because it's so much talent lost in tragic mm -hmm. ways. But that is the nature of the world, I guess. You know? Yeah. And, and there is the flip side of that. I mean, we just saw Billy Joel, Lionel Richie, yeah. and who else was there? I mean, uh, at that concert we went yes. to, there, you know, there's yeah. guys that are still around and they're yes. going to live full lives and apparently yes. keep making music. I love the fact that Billy Joel is still out there playing. Well, and there's people who have overcome it, too, like Elton John, you know, yeah, right. and many others, you know, people who really struggled with addictions and emotional disturbances, and they've overcome it and come out well. So yep. it just feels like we've lost a lot of big ones. Yeah. Um, and and I, I think I'm feeling that way a little bit because I did just happen to have watched the movie about Whitney Houston. I just saw that movie and it's just so sad. It's so sad. You know, to lose someone with that much talent. And Chris Cornell is who a could, great example. Who that. gave and right. could continue giving the world so much awesome right. stuff. Like this song right. is yes. just a gift. Right. And and we said this with, uh, was it Jeff Buckley, yeah. I think, yep. that he just hadn't made it huge. He had underplayed songs because he just didn't have the time yet to get his stuff out there. And I think Chris Cornell, he was known for his group performances this was his first album but he had only done four and he had so much you know there's so much potential for more i guess yeah. that's all as far as his voice i think i've said you know he's got all of that amazing breath support he has a beautiful tone quality to his voice you said no pitch correct mm -hmm. he's got amazing pitch he has all of those things his tone is unique and bluesy and soulsy and soulsy not a soul word but mm. not a word i just made it up soulful that's the correct word yeah. we may He's have to start so soulful. A, an underplayed dictionary so people can oh, go to I the website that. and look up our weird yeah. words and just know what we meant yeah we could do that i want to try this okay so this is chris cornell and his daughter live 2015 I love that. She recorded a song, Nothing Compares to You. And I think they put in his background vocal from a recording he made of that. So it sounds like he's singing the harmony background with her. She recorded that after his yeah. passing. Another one to look up, Chris yeah. Cornell and Tony, T-O-N-I, uh, just like Tracy. 
Chris Cornell and Tony Cornell doing nothing compares to you. Chester Bennington, oh, the the weird triangle here. And then right. Chris Cornell and Chester Bennington were friends. Chester Bennington, of course, from Linkin Park, the lead singer of Linkin Park, who also had some issues which resulted in his untimely passing. This right here is Tony Cornell with One Republic doing Hallelujah. We'll let you listen to a little bit of that. Another beautiful video. Uh, yeah, that lots. was that was moving. I remember watching that. Yeah, lots um, of tears out yeah. in the audience. And just to kind of tie this all back to one of our previous episodes, we did an episode. Was that last? That was the last, last episode. episode yeah, with Eddie Vedder. Eddie Vedder, who sang the song um, "Brother the Cloud." Yeah, which was about his very good friend Chris Cornell. Yep, among other things. Among among other right, we we talked about it. It was about his, a very his, bad his year, own brother actually. and other friends passing, but one of them was Chris Cornell. Chris Cornell. Yep. So a lot of these are all kind of tied together. I remember when Chris died. I was living in Utah at the time, and you know, there's a lot of religious people there in Utah, and I was surprised that billboards on the highway had pictures. The day he died. I've never seen this with any anybody, really. Mm-hmm. Maybe presidents and stuff, but billboards as you're driving down the highway with Chris Cornell, rest in peace, and you know oh, wow. the, the years and this really oh, wow. great picture of him. Like, yeah, driving down the highway in Utah. It was oh, interesting. Really, wow. really crazy. So Eddie and Chris used to appear as guests at each other's concerts every now and then. And this is one of those such events, and this is Eddie introducing Chris, and I think it, it says a lot about their friendship. Uh, one of the first people I met uh, outside of the group was uh, this next human and uh, I had no idea um, how it would affect my life and uh, my views on music and uh, my views on friendship and what a big impact he would have. Um, these guys know much longer than me and uh, his impact is profound. Uh, I'd like to introduce with uh, great pleasure, my old neighbor, Chris Cornell. We just love him and love his music. And so, you know, if you are not familiar, we hope you will enjoy it. Check out Chris Cornell. Check out his own music, solo his albums. solo stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's there's a good amount of it. And YouTube is, you know, you can waste as much time as you want on YouTube. No doubt. And you may as well do it with Chris. <laughs> there you go. All right, so we're going to try and lighten stuff up just a little bit and talk about our next song. So our next artist is Joe Henry. He's a guy that, yeah, yeah I discovered him on NPR. So and we just kind of came upon him. Yeah. And we like him. Joe Henry is an American singer-songwriter and record producer. 
He was born on December 2, 1960, in Charlotte, North Carolina. Henry has released 15 studio albums and has produced records for a number of other musicians. He is known for his unique blend of folk, rock, and jazz music, and has been praised for his poetic and introspective lyrics. He has received four Grammy nominations and won two for his production work on the albums Don't Give Up On Me by Solomon Burke and Before the Poison by Marianne Faithful. There goes the sun descending It's light in the street defending What all of our day is up of all the I can see. That is the voice of Joe Henry. Wow, there's a lot in that, too, that I didn't notice. And when you isolate the vocals, you hear a lot. That really fast vibrato that he's got back there. Yeah, sort he of old timey feel. Uh, very. That's yeah. what exactly what I was going to say. He reminds me of just an old jazz singer. Yeah. Yeah. But his genre, I guess, is technically, you know, it's going to be folk, Americana. Folk, for sure. Yeah. yeah, something like that. So the song that uh, we're going to play is called All the I Can See. It's the title track from his album, All the I Can See. And we'll give you a listen. sun descending it's light in the street defending what all of our day is up of all the I can see so right off just beautifully recorded guitar oh like yeah. I'm talking the studio and the microphone and Uh the guitar and strings. Whatever decisions they made, they made the right decisions because that guitar sounds amazing. Mm -hmm. Trouble begins at waking The weight of the world near breaking It's wave on the heart's undertaking of all the eye can see I hear a lot of Dylan Really? What's between us I think this reminds me of What a Wonderful World Louis Armstrong Louis Armstrong That's what it reminds me of Falling mountains all around us Still you keep your peace with me Here comes the night unfurling Its torn holy flag still burning At borders that bleed until blurring All the eye can see I forgot about the sax solo. Yeah. 
like vibe wise this this whole song kind of brings me back for some reason to the same place I go when I listen to Wichita Lineman oh yeah yeah it's like I cuddle by the, the fire and listen yeah yes yeah Here comes the night unfurling Its torn holy flag still burning At borders that bleed until blurring All the eye can see All the eye can see Beautiful jazz ending. Ooh, that double bass back there, too. Yeah, that that's it. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, we'll have to talk about how all those instruments came into it, but because it's a good story. But uh, oh, cool! Yeah. yeah, what a beautiful song! I think it does kind of just give you a warmer, happier yeah. <laughs> feeling. To, you know, it doesn't make you want to tear up and cry. Right, right. That's a plus lately for or, us. <laughs> or, or if so, maybe in a positive way. You know, right? Like, yeah, right. Uh, the production on this is just outstandingly enough. Like, it's not overproduced in the slightest, and it can't be. This song can't be overproduced. Okay. It sounds like you're sitting there listening to the band in, like, an empty diner or something. That is an amazing vibe. That that, that guitar has a tone. That acoustic uh-huh. guitar has a tone that is just, ugh. I don't know. I, it's what I go for. I go for stuff like this when we have people in the studio here, and I'm shooting for, like... A lot of times, depending on the band or the person, I'm shooting for like as real as I can get. Yeah. Okay. So it's interesting that you say that because how it was recorded is really interesting. So he had just released an album in 2019, uh, The Gospel According to Water. And he was getting ready to go on tour for that album. And then the pandemic happened and he got shut down. That ruined everybody's plans, didn't it? So much. And so he realized, okay, all I can do is work from home. And so he recorded another album right behind that instead of getting to go on tour for the album he had just put out. Uh. He just sat down and started writing and recording from home. Mm-hmm. And he said uh, he had to learn how to record himself at home. He had to figure that out uh, because he had previously, right, he had previously now, been staring recording. staring at Tracy. My eyes are like saucers. Yeah. I did yeah. not know this. Yeah, it's a great story. He started writing and uh, when he would get a new song, he would get it down. He would record himself and his parts of it. And then he would send it out to, like, all his 20 closest friends Mm -hmm. who were other artists and musicians. Okay. 
And he would send out these songs like one at a time and say, got anything that could add to this? Is there anything you would like to add to this oh, or wow. can add to this? And then people would literally record themselves with the and song send it back. and send it back. Yeah. And that's how he did this. And uh, there was even a story about the sax guy oh, in neat. this. Yeah, that he sent it to the saxophone. It was a friend of his. And the sax player was like, I don't know how to add to this song. But he sent him like two tracks and... Joe loved it and nice. added it in. Yeah. And it is obviously like a huge part of the song. I love you know? stories like that. Yeah. I also read some stuff about how he decided to start recording. Like he really wanted it to be very real. And because he was recording from home, I think there were times uh, I read somewhere where like he would open his doors and windows and put a mic out his doors and windows and let the sounds from his neighborhood, the animals, the cars, the people, whatever. And uh, you can occasionally hear that in the background of some of his songs. I don't think we heard that in that song, but I think that becomes part of some of his other songs. We played a very slow, melodic song. His other albums have some much peppier songs. Yes, they do. This album is not that, though. Mm -hmm. This album is, the whole album is very subdued, very reflective. Yeah. I, you know, a lot of what came out of the pandemic what is that way. Sure. Yeah. Sure. So I found this. Uh-huh. All the I can see was mainly self-recorded at Joe Henry's home during a phase of worldwide lockdowns. He said, I assumed as I began this process that owing to circumstances, I would be making the most skeletal album of my career, when in fact, I have in many ways made the most expansive record to date. Because he farmed it all out, you know? Yep. His voice is interesting. It's so good. It is. It's good. It's not your typical, like, his nope. tone is different and unique. There is a nasally quality to it that I think keeps it from always being very warm because he's kind of yeah. got that nasally. Tinny. More tinny. It is. That's a yeah. nasal quality is what that yeah. is. Yeah. You know, I always, in my mind, just put him out there with Bob Dylan, but well, he beats the pants off Bob Dylan. I was like he's say, better than I, Bob Dylan. Way, and that's what I don't like, like Bob Dylan's voice <laughs> right. all that much. Well, nobody, I don't yeah. think even Bob right. Dylan likes his no, voice. This, but I love this guy's voice. The thing that you brought up earlier, mm -hmm. you mix Bob Dylan, you bring in a little Louis Armstrong. Uh -huh. Now you're getting somewhere melodically. Uh -huh. And that's a really good observation. Yeah. I think he's he, just right there in, in between those two. Yeah. He's got a way better tone than Bob Dylan, but it's not your typical full warm sound. But it's a very old, and I don't mean old as in years, but old as an old fashioned, maybe style. a style, that feeling, that jazzy, bluesy, like you said, sit by the fire. It's easy to listen to. Mm -hmm. It's easy to listen to. Agreed. Yeah. When we first started listening to his music, it's like, I can listen to him. And then there's the meaning of this particular song. Yes. Oh, <laughs> well, great song decoder. Yeah. How'd it go this time? Yeah, it was hard. So I kept reading the words over and over again, trying to get a grip. It, it kind of made me feel not all that smart <laughs> right off the bat. Like, what am I missing? Right. But what I came to is he's a poetry writer. You know, he's a poet. And I was kind of looking at some other stuff 
And I found an article that said when he wrote this, he wrote pages and pages and pages of poetry. It's 13 songs, so it's oh, like wow, yeah. 13 big pages of poetry. Yep. And poetry can be vague. It's, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It is rarely literal. It's, it's rarely literal. It's metaphorical. That's not the word I'm looking for, but it is. It's but it's, yes. Fiction? It, well, no, not the word either. Oh. It's okay. Anyways, so then I found something that made me feel better. It was someone else basically saying what I said, oh. you know, what I was feeling in my head. It says, each track shimmers and glistens with Henry's emotionally laced, spoken sung voice, gorgeously understated instrumentation and concepts that feel weighty and inspired, even if their exact meanings aren't clear. <laughs> Melodies float and hover, and there is an occasional chorus, but not often. Henry yes. has long ago abandoned anything as obvious as a hook. Yes. So yeah. this this song, if I had to say, there's no verses, actually. Yeah. It starts with the chorus. Yeah. It repeats the chorus. There's a bridge and more choruses. It's but I don't it's think poetry. Yeah, he doesn't it's, even think right. of it that way. He's not doing the form of a song. He's not trying to write a verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus, chorus. You know? Yep. He is not doing that. He's writing a poem and then he's writing beautiful music to fill it. And that's yep. amazing. And yeah. vocalizing it, yeah. too. Then I read another person talking about the words of his songs, and it says this. This is a quote also. They read like exquisitely written, if somewhat vague, poetry that'll take multiple plays, readings to unravel, and even then, most listeners won't be able to grasp what Henry is saying. I love that. And they're calling him Henry because his name is Joseph Lee Henry. Yeah. Okay. Wait, you had more, right? No, that was it. Oh, okay. That just made right. me feel better that I yeah. was not alone in the fact that I couldn't not, really not pin down <laughs> the meaning of this song. But I know it's up. Right. It doesn't feel down. It makes me feel like I feel when I It's hear, cozy. Yeah, what a wonderful world. Right. So are there any other songs? I've got the album pulled up here. Big album. By the way, yeah, there's, but, there's quite a few songs. Yeah, are there but, any others that are worth checking out real quick? I mean, I would tell people to to listen to it in pieces because all of the songs are kind of slow and moody. It's not the kind of album you put in the car, you know, to listen to all at once. You might play it in the background. I'm going to yeah. randomly pick something. Okay. We're, we're going to do one randomly sure. chosen song okay, on this album. Yeah. That same guitar sound. Ooh, that piano, though. That's nice. And that he did that from home. Or someone did. Yeah. There will come a day and soon This cold parade is over The mule will not be stubborn See what I'm saying? I mean, yeah. It's a it's a, it's 13 songs of this. You know? But they're but gorgeous they're and they're all beautiful. So comfortable. Yeah. You you can't complain about having this on unless right. you're supposed to be like 
you know, mowing a lawn or working out. It's right. probably not a gym workout It's tape. not a gym workout song. But man, right. there's no problem listening to this stuff yeah. for me. All right. Well, that was our random selection. That was Red Letter Day, by the way, if you like that, by Joe Henry. Uh, the album's called All the Eye Can See. Super good album. The single that we covered today from it is called All the Eye Can See. I'm sure we said that, right? I did. Okay. I, that was the first right, thing I cool. said. Yep. And check out Joe Henry. He is seriously talented and seriously underplayed. He is married to Madonna's sister. Oh, neat. Yep. That's crazy. Yep. And has worked with her a bit. He has done a lot. This is not just about his albums. He has produced and worked on many artists' albums. So. Yeah. Well, I have an interesting fact about him. Okay. He is also an author. Oh, he wrote a book? Yes. About, okay. About Richard Pryor. He co-wrote it with his brother, David Henry. Okay. It's yep. about Richard Pryor? Yeah, isn't that weird? Okay, the book is called Furious Cool, Richard Pryor and the World That Made Him. So is it a biography? This groundbreaking and revelatory work brings him to life again as both a man and an artist, providing an in-depth appreciation of his talent and his lasting influence, as well as an insightful examination of the world he lived in and the myriad of influences that shaped his persona and his art. Okay. Yeah, All right. uh, yeah, so anyway, it's David Henry and Joe Henry. They're brothers, of course, and they wrote a book about Richard Pryor. That's so... You can get it on Amazon. Super cool. I told you I had a random fact. That, that is was random. my random fact. Random is definitely the word. All right, so you can check us out at theunderplayed.com. You can interact with us. You can send us an email from there. Or if you're more of a Facebook type of person, you can go to facebook.com slash theunderplayed. Or if Emails. you're an email-y type of person, you can do hello at theunderplayed.com. We, we uh, are happy to chat. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, Tracy's on, on Facebook a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm on the email. All right, so subscribe on your podcast. Oh, yeah. This is the stuff Keaton does. Like, we yeah, don't know what we're, we're doing. Oh, we're, like, we're trying like, to be... Okay, yeah, sucking uh, wind What does here. he talk about? I don't know. What does he say? He says something about uh, whatever Press podcast app you're listening on. Don't, well, not all of them. There's, ba- oh. there's bad buttons, too. Oh, okay. Be careful Press which all the buttons, good buttons you press. Buttons? Press all the good buttons on your podcast app. Subscribe oh, to us. Keaton. Keaton, we should, you know what we should do? What? Have him send a recording of himself doing this part. I might do that. Uh, Hilarious. All right. And that's a wrap for today's episode. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you want to keep up with our future episodes, be sure to hit that follow or subscribe button on your favorite podcast platform. And if you really liked what you heard today, we'd appreciate it if you could take a moment to rate and review our show. Your feedback helps us improve and reach more people like you. Also, Don't forget to follow us on social media for updates on upcoming episodes. You can find us on Facebook at The Underplayed. And if you have any song suggestions for future episodes or just want to say hi, you can always reach out to us at hello at theunderplayed.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on The Underplayed.